This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, the 18th of October. In your Squiz Today, a presidential visit to Israel. A presidential visit to China, Telstra grilled over its voice support, and fussing over fussy eaters. This is your Squiz Today. US President Joe Biden is heading to Israel in a major show of support for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu invited Biden a few days ago, and he'll be landing in Tel Aviv today. The pair have known each other for four decades, and Biden's visit is seen as critical to preventing the crisis in the Middle East from widening. It is an unprecedented trip. Uh, Israel, of course, is at war, and while US commentators are saying that the trip does present a security risk for Biden, it's also seen as important for a couple of reasons. The first is it's a major show of support from the United States for Israel. You can't get much bigger show of support when you think about it, given the situation. To get a US president to Israel while things are the way they are is just massive. Uh, And second, the US is working on easing the humanitarian crisis that's unfolding in Gaza, and Biden's visit will also involve talks on that. Those talks aren't just with Netanyahu and Israel. While he's in the Middle East, President Biden will also go to Jordan to meet with the Palestinian Authority's president, Mahmoud Abbas. He'll also talk to the Egyptian president, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, who is a critical player in all of this because of Egypt's land border with Gaza. Yeah, it's the place where foreign nationals trapped in Gaza have congregated in hopes that they'll be able to escape Gaza into Egypt. That includes at least 45 Australians who have made themselves known to officials in our government. There are children involved in that group. And yesterday, Deputy Prime Minister Richard Miles confirmed that. It's a concerning situation for our citizens, along, of course, with all of those who are caught up in this unfolding disaster. Australians are making their way out of Israel, though. After a confusing weekend, a Qatar Airways flight landed in Sydney last night. It picked up Aussies in Dubai who had been transported out of danger in Tel Aviv by an Australian Air Force flight on Saturday. Speaking of overseas travel and visiting heads of state, Vladimir Putin has made a very rare overseas trip. Putin hasn't been travelling much since an international arrest warrant was placed on him over alleged war crimes in Ukraine. But this week, he's making the trip to China, where he knows that he won't be arrested. He's there for a Belt and Road Forum. Yeah, an international arrest warrant really does sort of crush your dreams of international travel. But (laughs) uh, there is a a bit to unpack in Putin's visit. Um, The Belt and Road Initiative, of course, is China's plan to fund big infrastructure projects throughout Asia and into Europe. And the idea of it is that if China is funding these sorts of works, that the world will also engage with them and it will help China to build their geopolitical influence. Uh, As for why Putin wants to attend, he's a backer of the Belt and Road Plan. Uh, China has put billions of dollars into it. Um, He's also there to continue boosting China and Russia ties, uh, especially, of course, as we've talked about quite a bit, Russia has been 
been in this sort of diplomatically isolated situation due to its invasion of Ukraine and China continues to be a good support to them. This year, it's also the 10th anniversary of that Belt and Road project. And in that time, reports say that it's cost China about $900 billion. The fallout from the defeated voice referendum is coming for corporate AGMs. Yesterday, the Telstra boss John Mullen saw both questions and support over Telstra's $1 million donation to the Yes campaign. There are a number of big Australian companies that made donations to the Yes campaign. That's something that's been picked up quite a bit in recent weeks. And of course, as we head into AGM season, which is the annual general meetings that our public companies hold where they have to answer questions from shareholders holders. We saw Telstra yesterday really be the first of our big companies to have to face the music on that. What John Mullen said yesterday is that it was a difficult issue, that there were opposing views on The Voice, even within Telstra, he said, but a decision was made in consultation with Indigenous leaders and he said that that $1 million contribution was in the best interests of the company and therefore in the best interests of their shareholders. At that AGM, Telstra also faced questions over its appointment of a new director, Maxine Brenner. Now, the questions came because she is also on the board at Qantas, which hasn't been having such a great couple of months. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. It's not news that we're facing a shortage of housing supply, but a group of real estate research firms has proposed what they call an untapped solution. Yeah, and this untapped solution are a whole string of granny flats to go into the backyards (laughs) of Australian properties. Uh, They've crunched the numbers, those analysts, and they've found that there's at least 655,000 homes, when you look across Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, that have the right kind of zoning and planning codes to be able to build a self-contained unit on the property. Of course, they don't have to solely house grandmothers. They can really (laughs) do what you want with them, uh, including renting them out. So uh, there's some opportunity there, they say, of course, as Australia continues to have this real crunch on property. Tim Lawless from CoreLogic was one of the ones who made the pitch, saying that the granny flats would provide an immediate and cost-effective opportunity for lawmakers to address the housing crisis, and also that it would benefit homeowners by boosting the value of their properties. Since time immemorial, Claire, parents have stressed over their kids and picky eating. But a new study says there's a different category that's cause for concern. Yeah, so this study saw researchers talk to 995 parents <laughs> who were the guardians of three to five-year-olds. And the researchers put kids into four groups of eaters. There's the avoidant ones, the typical eaters, happy eaters, and avid eaters. Uh, most of the group, about 40 
44% were just in typical. They were fine. Um, they weren't really all that fussed. Um, 18% were happy eaters. They really enjoyed food. Fussy eaters were the smallest group at 16%. Um, the big cause for concern weren't those fussy eaters, but rather a group of kids that are classified as avid eaters. They're 22%. Um, they ate quickly and they didn't respond to fullness cues. And that, of course, is a concern because there's studies that show that that could have future challenges for those kids when it comes to their health and weight. Claire, when I was a kid, I remember just drinking so much Milo. Was there a category for <laughs> being obsessed with milk? I think that would be a happy eater, perhaps. I'm not quite yeah. sure. It sounds like a pretty happy time to me. I was very happy with a choppy milk. <laughs> Squiz the day, Claire. What can we look forward to today? Look, let's get back to our survey. I think if you've got one thing to do today, it really is helping us out on that. It, of course, is a Wednesday and you might be looking for a distraction and I reckon a really good way to pass some time would be to do our media and news survey. Uh, your import, of course, keeps us in the loop about what matters to you and how you're consuming news. It's very, very helpful for us if you answer some of those questions. And just so you know, there's a $100 Country Road gift voucher up for grabs if you do it. So get into it, I reckon. We appreciate it so, so much. And there'll be a link to that survey in the show notes. That is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when uh, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is a lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.